It's forbidden to do things on Pesach with grain, which could lead to the grain rising and becoming chametz. In Shonis Amruson Lach Tarnagolim, one is not allowed to soak bran, which is the waste part of the flour. He cannot soak it for the sake of chickens so that they'll eat it, because by adding water to this bran, which is the waste part of the flour, the water will mix together with the bran, and it could be that it becomes like proper dough, which could rise a little bit. I will halt in. But one can mix it with boiling water, because boiling hot water will prevent it from becoming chomets. On a similar note, A woman cannot soak the bran that shall bring it on her hand to the bathhouse, meaning she can't rub the... she can't mix the bran with water and then rub it onto her hand for cosmetic purposes. But she would be able to rub it onto her hand or onto other parts of her skin if it is dry using, let's say, her sweat. If she's slightly wet or moist from the sweat, so then she could use that moisture to turn the bran into a sort of thick paste because since it's just a small amount of water, of moisture, and that moisture in itself is not really fitting to make that turn into chomates, so there's no concern of it turning into chomates and therefore it is permitted. Ends of the mission, One is not allowed to chew wheat and place it on his wound on Pesach in order to calm the wound down. Because it, become, it could become chomates because as a result of chewing it, one's saliva might make it into become chomates and rise, and so this activity is forbidden. Continuing with the same theme as the previous Mishnah, one may not put flour into charoses, which in this Mishnah refers to some sort of mixture of fruit and spices and vinegar, which they would often also add flour to. This is used as some sort of dip, not to be confused with the charoses, which we have on Seder night, that will be discussed later on in the final peric of the Masechda. But this was just a regular dip, so one is not allowed to add flour to this dip, one is also not allowed to add flour to mustard if it is also mixed with water, since once again this could lead to the mixture becoming chomets. But if he did put the flour into the mustard and mix it with water, because the mustard has such a strong taste and it's very pungent, the time that it takes for it to become chomets is longer. And therefore if you did add the flour to this mustard and the water, then Yoichal Miyad, he can eat it immediately. If as soon as he adds the flour to the mustard, he then eats it immediately. So then we can assume that it has not yet become chomets, because the mustard makes it take a longer time. If you eat it immediately, then that's okay. When it comes to the flour mixed with the charoises, however, that becomes chomets very quickly, and therefore it will be forbidden to eat it, rather you should burn it as soon as possible. Rabbi Meir Isa, Rabbi Meir forbids you to eat the mixture of flour and mustard even immediately because there is still a risk that it has risen already and therefore just like the mixture of flour and charoises, you should burn it immediately. Now regarding the offering of the Korban Pesach on Erev Pesach, the Torah says explicitly that it needs to be roasted. It can't be boiled and it can't be uvoshel mevushel bamayim. It cannot be cooked in water. Now when the Torah says that it could not be cooked in water, it uses a double expression, uvoshel mavushal. So why does it say the word twice? So we learn from here that not only can it be not cooked in water, it can also not be cooked in any other liquid. And so this says, in Vashon Pesach, one cannot cook the Korban Pesach, lo bimashken, lo not in other liquids and not even in fruit juices, even if it just comes from the fruit itself and it's not mixed with anything else. So this prohibition is not just limited to water. Avul Sochen, but one can rub these liquids, such as oil, for example, 
one can smear the meat with the oil as long as he roasts it. You just can't cook it in the oil. But he can smear the meat with oil, and once it's roasted, he could dip the meat into different liquids. The only problem is actually cooking it inside and boiling it inside a liquid. Alright, and returning back to the discussion of chomets and making sure that flour does not lead to becoming chomets. The water which a baker uses whilst he is making dough and he dips his hands into water every now and then, so that water will end up having little pieces of dough inside of it. Says the Mishnah, it needs to be poured out and gotten rid of it because it becomes chomets. And the Gemara explains that ideally it should be poured out in such a way that it won't just form another puddle on the ground because then you'll have it all together and it could still become chomets. So you should pour it out in such a way that it will all spread into different places and be absorbed into the ground and not become a mixture of chomets. If somebody eats a kazayas of chomets on Pesach, he is chayav, he is liable to the punishment of kores. So if he eats something which is totally chomets, for example, a loaf of bread, he would be chayav kores for doing so. That's known as chomets gomor be'ein. The focus of our Mishnah is what is called chomets gomor aydeta aroves, which in short is a mixture of chomets and other non-chomets food or drink. And if somebody eats this on Pesach, he is not chayav kores. However, depending on how much chomets there is in the mixture, he might transgress a different negative prohibition of kol machmetzes leisecheilu. The Torah says that you cannot eat anything which becomes chomets. So you would transgress that avera, although you would not be chayav kores. Now, how much chomets does there need to be in the mixture to transgress that avera? So the generally accepted opinion is that if in the volume of food of three eggs, there is at least a kazayas of chomets, so then the chomets is considered a significant part of the mixture, such that you would be forbidden to eat that mixture of food. If there is less than that amount in the mixture, then it is, is still forbidden to eat that on Pesach. The discussion whether it is midirabonon or midiraisa, but be it as it may, this mission is coming to tell us that even things, even mixtures of chomets and other substances, where the chomets is less than a kazayas in the size of three eggs, even then it is an obligation to destroy that chomets on Erev Pesach. Elu Ovin Pesach, the following things need to be passed away and need to be removed and destroyed on Erev Pesach. Kutuch Habavli, the Babylonian Kutuch, which is some sort of dip, which has got little pieces of bread inside or crumbs of bread and therefore needs to be destroyed. V'Sheikh Ramadi, some sort of beer which had some barley contained within it. V'Chimetz Ha'adoimi, and a particular type of vinegar which once again contained some barley, or at least it was turned from wine into vinegar using barley. The Zisim Hamitsri, this was some sort of paste, or some sort of mixture which again it contained some barley and salt and some other herbs, and so since it did contain some grain, although it was not a significant amount of it, it nevertheless needs to be destroyed before Pesach. So we mentioned before that there's such a thing as Chomets Gomor Be'ein, that is pure Chomets. There is also another category of Chomets known as Chomets Gomor Aridei Rives, Chomets which is mixed with other things. And a third type of Chomets is known as Chomets Nukshe, which refers to Chomets which did not rise fully, and before it rose fully, it became not fit for eating. For example, the Zoman Shal a mixture of bran and water used by dyers in the processing of certain dyes, the Aminon Shal This refers to bread, which is made from unripe grain, grain which did not reach even a third of its ripeness, and they would make a sort of a loaf of bread out of this grain, and then use it as a cover of pots, so that whilst pots were cooking food, this loaf of bread would absorb some of the bad smell. The kailan shall some sort of paste or glue, 
which contains flour in it, and it was used by scribes to stick paper together. So these three things come under the category of chomitz nukshe. They're not fit to be eaten at all. And there is a machlekes as to whether they are forbidden mid on Pesach, or perhaps only mid Rabbanon. Because I mean, this Mishnah is telling us that they do need to be destroyed together with all the other chomitz on Erev Pesach. Now, according to this opinion in the Mishnah, if you have chomitz nukshe, which is only part of a mixture, so since anyway chomitz nukshe is much more lenient, and it's not edible at all, so if it's part of a mixture, then according to this opinion, that does not need to be destroyed before Pesach. However, says, even mixtures which are used for women's cosmetics, so they are not edible, and the chomitz is only a part of the mixture, nevertheless, says Rebeliezer, they are also forbidden and they need to be destroyed before Pesach. Now the Mishnah concludes that, this is the rule, any chomitz which comes from one of the five grains, wheat, barley, spilt, oat, or rye, has over by Pesach, it needs to be destroyed before Pesach. And says the Mishnah, all of the different substances we listed in this Mishnah, Hari Elubaz Hara, they come under the category of a warning, of a negative prohibition of eating chomets on Pesach, Komach Metzas Loisichilu, anything which becomes chomets you cannot eat. But for Eim Bohemishum Kores, one is not liable to the punishment of Kores for eating these things, because as we explained, the punishment of Kores is only for Chomitz Gomor Be'ein, pure Chomitz Gomor, which is not mixed with another liquid or food. Mishnah base, Botsik Shibasidka Dough which is in the cracks of a mixing bowl. Let's say, for example, there are lots of cracks or small holes in a bowl, and so one puts dough there in order to fill in the cracks. And we're discussing a case where the dough sort of becomes an integral part of the bowl itself, and it sort of is needed for the bowl. If you were to remove all of the dough, then the bowl can't really be used because of the holes and the cracks. So the Mishnah says, If there is at least the size of an olive of the dough in one place, all joined together, then one is obligated to destroy that, because that's a very significant amount of dough, and it's not considered to be secondary to the bowl itself, because there's such a significant amount of the dough itself. But if there's not the amount of an olive in one place, even if there is altogether, if you were to combine all of the pieces of dough which are attached to the bowl, if together they make a kazayas, but since they are not touching, each part of the dough is nullified due to its small amount, and it's just considered to be part of the bowl, since it's a necessary part of the bowl, and there is not a lot of dough in one place at any one individual point of the bowl, so it is considered to be secondary and nullified and part of the bowl, such that it did not need to be destroyed for Pesach. Alright, and the Mishnah adds, V'chein inana tumah, the same rule applies for tumah. Meaning, since if there is a kazayas in one place of the of the bowl, so the dough is considered a very significant amount in itself, so the halach is that if something tome touches that dough, since the dough is not considered to be secondary to the bowl, so only the dough will become tome, and it won't automatically make the bowl tome. The dough can become tome separately from the bowl. However, if there is less than a kazayas as part of the bowl, then it's not considered to be a significant amount, in which case it is considered to be part of the bowl, and therefore if the thing which is tomei touches the dough, the entire bowl will become tomei. Now why exactly is the size of a kazayas the measure for what is considered to be secondary to the bowl or not? So the answer is we're discussing Pesach over here, and on Pesach only a kazayas of the chomets is considered to be a significant amount. However, throughout the rest of the year, that is not the decider. 
rather in Makpidolov. If he is particular about the dough being there and he wants to remove it from the bowl, so then he has shown with his intention that he does not view it as part of the bowl. He's ready to take it off the bowl. So then Chaitzitz, then it would be a block and it would prevent the rest of the bowl becoming Tome because in that case it would not be considered part of the bowl. So not on Pesach, that is considered to be the measure of whether it's considered part of the bowl or not. There's a discussion as to whether if on Pesach somebody is particular and wants to remove it from the bowl. There's a discussion as to whether in that case it's considered to be part of the bowl or not. But be as it may, Vim rates If he wants it to remain there as part of the bowl, then certainly Harihuka Areva, it is considered to be part of the bowl. And according to most, this would be even if it is larger than the size of a Kazayas. Since you do not view it as part of the bowl, if a Tome item touches that part of the dough, it will not make the rest of the bowl Tome automatically. Now it ends off the Mishnah with Botse Kacheresh, which literally means death dough. And it refers to dough which has been kneaded and processed, but after being left for a while, no signs of it having risen are recognisable. So the question is, has it become chomets yet or not? So the Mishnah says, If there is similar dough to it, which has risen, meaning if together with this dough, you kneaded other dough, and you processed the other dough, and that dough has by now risen. So in that case, you can assume that this, this, um, this piece of dough is also chomets already. The signs are not recognizable, but it has become chomets already. Harizah also will be forbidden. Now what happens if there isn't another piece of dough? Like in most cases, there wouldn't be another piece of dough which you needed together. So in that case, that's where the 18-minute rule comes in, or some learn that it's actually 24 minutes. If it is left that amount of time after one has needed it, then it is considered to be chomets.